This is the Abraham's Wallet podcast. Abraham's Wallet spans the gap between the austerity of obedience to God and the prosperity rising from faithfulness. Run your home and your dough like a biblical boss. Hey guys, I'm really excited about this episode. We recorded it in a couple different locations and with a couple of different guests. I'm partly excited because this is the first time that I've ever been able to have one of my kids on the podcast. So I'm going to talk to my daughter, Kyla, about a project she did this summer. But the bulk of this episode, we recorded in Luck, Wisconsin, which if you have been listening, you know we recorded one other episode there with Seth Spading, and who is a co-worker of mine. And we're talking about discipling your kids and training kids when it comes to money, uh, primarily through finding relevant work and apprenticeships and things like that for them. So Seth has teenage boys, and we got to spend some time with those boys and see all the cool stuff they have been doing. And he has been very thoughtful and intentional about putting his sons to work, not just so that they'll have walking around money in their pocket, but so that they can acquire skills, get to know families, even start to occupy a place inside of their community. Um, And I I just loved hearing how he had done it, so I said, we've got to record this. I did something similar uh, at a smaller scale with my 10-year-old daughter this summer and found a project for her that I, I knew would take her most of the summer and really just set her to work at it and didn't give her a whole lot of guidance. So she dove in and did a great job and now has more money than I think she ever thought possible, even though she earned every penny of it and her hourly rate might not have been so hot. So in this episode, we talk about apprenticing your kids and training them with money. So please, whether you do anything like what Seth or I have done with our kids or not, please Think about how you're going to train your kids in your unique family culture when it comes to money. Because we do not want to assume that money is a topic for grown-ups. And once you get to be 18, we hope you figured it out. We want to be training kids to handle money well, to be stewards for the kingdom. And I get really excited about it. So I just wanted to intro this episode because it's one that's close to my heart. Hope you enjoy it. And here we go. Believe it or not, we're all in luck today. You're in luck. You know, whenever I take a pee and it all lands inside the pot, that's you're in luck. <laughs> we're, we might be out of luck soon. Yeah, well, we have to leave luck sometime, but we're in luck now. Luck, Wisconsin. So those of you who have been students of the podcast for a long time might already know why we're in luck, because... We've been in luck before. The last podcast we recorded, we were actually in luck. I remember that. It was it, great. It was a it was such a nice evening. It was. The wind was blowing through the sugar maples and there was a crow fight for about a quarter of the podcast. Yep. Lightning bugs were out. But the the fans of our podcast might know when these guys go to luck, there's usually a third there's a third voice in the mix. Yep. And that third voice is here again tonight. Good evening. <laughs> Good evening, Seth. There he is. Um, it's it's Seth Spading, and uh, we're out here doing a little 
a little financial planning workshopping and work together for our, our day jobs as financial planners at Outpost Advisors. Can I ask you a question, Mark, before we get much further here? Yeah. Yeah. I admit, I'm a little disappointed. I always thought there was like a live audience on these podcasts. Uh-huh. Did I misunderstand? <laughs> um, sometimes my dog watches and, and I mean, uh, he's humped my leg during the podcast before. But that's when he really likes it. That's when it's a great episode. <laughs> that's when you hear like skips where I had to cut out the part where I beat him with a fish club. But um, yeah, I'm sorry, Seth. Yeah, it's just uh, just us. You started out as a listener and a fan, and wow. now you're behind the microphone and you know all our secrets. Amazing. Uh, I just wanted to make sure that was communicated for the next person that they were aware. But now that we've gotten through our banter section, that was the banter section brought to you by Viva Bella Events, the premier event planning business. In the nation. in Really in the world. Well, sure. Um, we, we've been talking for the past couple of days about just getting to know each other, getting to know each other's families, and we started our time here in Luck with a bonfire, and we sat around with some of... Seth's family and I heard about some things that his boys are doing this summer and we talked about some things I've been doing with my family and it's clear that we're all throwing things at our kids to get them more comfortable with money with developing entrepreneurial spirits in them equipping them whether they decide to be rocket scientists or tradesmen Whatever they want to do, we want them to be well-equipped and thinking uh, the way that the Lord thinks, which is that there's an ex- expectation of returns when it comes to finances. There's a stewardship mentality when it comes to all capitals. Um, and so I thought we would just chat a little bit about some of the things that we're doing in our families. Let's do it. Seth, tell us about your oldest boys. My oldest two boys, uh, Ethan and Noah, twins. They are 14, and uh, as you said, um, we've been able to kind of get them going on some summer work opportunities. Would you say they are bookish? Would you say they are nebbish? Are they pale, sickly I think student children? I would use none of those adjectives. Well, neither would I. To describe my children. They're uh, rough and tumble. Uh, yes. We first met in Oklahoma. They're tough, tough, freckle-faced, you know, barefoot, <laughs> ruddy. running through the woods. They're ruddy. When 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 we pulled up, uh, one was bouncing a basketball, one was on a four-wheeler, and these dudes look like they tackled the forest that I'm looking at right now, and they helped you clear it. Is that right? We've cleared many trees <laughs> where we're currently recording this podcast. We Thick forest a year ago, let's wow. say. That was awesome. We're stand, We're sitting on a beautiful deck outside of Seth's home, and we're surrounded by thick forest. And Seth told us, you know, this. there was just forest here, and my sons and I got chainsaws and cleared it. Amazing. And I'm just thinking, what? what? These trees are 80 feet tall. Yeah. So It's pushed the black bears back a little ways. Fantastic. 
So you've got these uh, these boys that are like grizzly cubs. These guys, um, sweethearted guys, but boy, you, you could see them on a wrestling mat. Um, and what were you telling us earlier about them uh, feeling cooped up? And every every couple of days, you'd said their energy overflows yeah so uh, my boys are unique in that you know high energy i think a lot of us could could relate to that and really what i've found is that they don't want to sit idle neither does the lord tell us to sit idle and so really i think as dad i'm trying to provide them with opportunities and let's add value to the world so um particularly in these last few months as things have kind of closed down um just kind of trying to find opportunities and helping them you know be a value add to others you've done such a smart thing which is what most people do is throw a a baseball to their kids and go go work out that energy in a field somewhere and i know that your your sons are athletes but you haven't stopped there, and you have said you, you said something about the network here um, of relationships that you have. And tell us about those and how you've exploited those for your son's benefit. Well, I guess I've just uh, reached out to friends I know in the area, um, dads that live near here, and uh, asked or just kind of listened about you know what their business is and. You know, are there opportunities? Um, my boys are older, um, and so there's really a lot of things they can do. Um, so I guess the most recent has been uh, working for a uh, meat butcher shop. Uh, and so uh, the name of the business Love it. is Peterson Crafts Meats. In fact, we had some of the brats earlier tonight. They Delightful. Delicious. The cheeseburger, the bacon cheeseburger brat was my personal favorite. Delightful. So, how how did you get them at the at the butcher? Well, it actually was another uh, family from this area. Um, we first kind of reached out about you know, family teams, and we had shared that with them, and built up a relationship through that. And then um, they actually were featured uh, on the news uh, during the the quarantine lockdown and everything because they had pivoted their business from um, delivering just to. Sub- restaurants to doing online orders for individuals once the news picked up on that their orders went through the roof and just the relationship that i had built up with dad he was needing people to to jump on board and help help at the the meat plant and so they ended up both being hired and at 14 they're working this summer a couple long days with the with the shop there breaking down hogs that's awesome and so what would you say they're learning I mean, honestly, they're just learning what what it's like to be, for lack of a better phrase, just a grown up, you know, and it, working in an adult role. Yes. Um, you know, obviously, we're not. It's not five days a week or anything, but it's it's long days when they go and and just kind of here's what the expectations are. So they're doing everything from, you know, just processing what needs to be processed and shipping and anything else that the business might need. And these guys are breaking down beef, pork lamb um and they were saying they come home with bloody pants smelling like fat and grease and i i'll just speak for myself and say i mean i sat up in my seat 
and my esteem for these 14-year-olds just rose dramatically. And I thought, we're looking at a couple future men here, you know, because they are getting real-world experience. And that, that so excites me to think of them doing, I mean, they're doing hard work. These, these, these dudes are doing some work. So when, I don't know, basketball season rolls around, they're going to be able to box out well because they're building some muscles. They better box out and get that rebound. <laughs> Seth, one thing that you talked about besides the the meatpacking job um, <clears throat> was that when you noticed them sitting around with free time, you didn't just scratch your head and wonder what kind of – and you have a big piece of land here we're sitting on it, but you didn't just say, what are the things I could – you know, have them do here. You went to your Rolodex, tapped into your network of relationships and started texting other families in the area and saying, I have two able-bodied sons that need work now. And so did you just have the instinct to do that on your own? Did, is that something that happened to you as a kid? Like, where did that come from? Cause I thought it was genius. Well, I I think it's it comes from just thinking ahead and and planning for the future. Um, but you said it earlier, esteem too. I mean, it's it's about helping them develop skills, helping them build that up. And I guess where did it come from? It just came from an interest for them to gain those skills and opportunity. And what kind of jobs have they scored off of just you volunteering them? Yeah, there's a <laughs> there's a variety. Uh, they've helped um, other people in the area just with you know mowing on the weekends. Um, they've they've helped uh, a local float business um, with bringing in canoes, uh, helping get those off the river. Uh, they have we had an uh, during the school year we had a once a week uh, internship uh, at an auto mechanic shop uh, nearby. So just a lot of hands on skills. Great, and they're just. I'm amazed, too, at, at the number of things they're learning through that. You said that they had saved up money last year, and you all together bought a four-wheeler. The four-wheeler that I, I saw them on, that they had bought that together with you, with money they had saved. Yeah, I was trying to figure out how to do something together. At the time, they were 13, and so employment age is 14, um, and yet there is uh, an opportunity through uh, sports officiating that you can do earlier than that. Oh, so wow. at 13, um, we all uh, became certified soccer officials. And what was unique about that is it, it takes three people to call a game. <laughs> and typically I would take the, the center. And then I, my boys being twins, it's kind of funny. I could just have them each on one of the lines. <laughs> people so. would think that th- this guy's getting to both sidelines. How's he doing that? Exactly. Yeah. So you are geniusly... Um, having an experience together with your sons, tying heartstrings with them. You're having this fun money-making experience, and you've created a goal at the end of it, which is, guys, we do this all summer. We'll be able to afford, with this extra money, we'll be able to get a four-wheeler. What do you think, guys? Yeah, and it's fun now because it's like, talk about return on investment. Now the four-wheeler is, um, now that they're 14 and in Wisconsin, you get your road license, so they're street legal. And so now they can take the four-wheeler and do some of what I was just talking about, you know, help so-and-so. Make money. Lawn, go be productive in other areas. Fantastic. So when you think of 
so I, just to call out, what these guys are getting is a lot of exposure to a lot of different areas, a lot of different businesses, uh, how a farm works, how a butcher shop works, et cetera. They're, they're getting the self-confidence from going like, I can help. I, I, I'm, if, when I show up, things are going to get better. I always think if you can put that into your kid, that's a great thing for them to be able to think, when I show up, I can make things better. That's a great thing. And um, thirdly, they're getting a taste of handling money, their own money. So when you think of them going forward and having full-time work, what, what do you think about that for them? I'm imagining they're training for that now in different different degrees. I mean, I want to give them, I don't want to overwhelm them in any one you know particular trade or opportunity. I think now is really prime time to experience a variety of skill sets so that when the time comes that they're making a, a full-time decision, they know just what this role entails. Mm-hmm. So one thing that impressed me today is that we had brats for dinner from the butcher shop that your sons are working at but your wife said that the boys purchased those brats to because they wanted us to try them and we yeah just, they wanted we, to show off we just met them last night and we were obviously impressed with the fact that they were butchers and so maybe there was a little bit of that i want to show these guys what i'm made of Absolutely. but there was also a real dose of generosity in their behavior i didn't buy dinner for anybody when i was an adult buy buy food for an adult unthinkable and so i just wanted to kind of commend you i'm sure that seth doesn't do everything right he might but so far i haven't seen haven't seen evidence to the contrary i I haven't seen mistakes (laughs) i'm not sure he sins yeah (laughs) uh but i would just commend you on saying like you're training the these things in multiple sort of areas of handling money. It's not just, you know, I taught my kid how to trade the stock market and now they got a lot of dollars on their hands. It's hard work. It's how to apprentice oneself. It's also, once you get it, how to purchase something and take care of it. I'm sure that four-wheeler doesn't maintain itself. Yeah. There's how to be generous with it and how to notice yeah i i don't i don't think anybody told them to <laughs> purchase food for the guests <laughs> right. but they noticed that and they they had resources which is odd for a 14 year old and they took care of a need around yeah. them so there's just Amazing. so many cool things happening and that's why i wanted to kind of get your take i think you've been a little humble, Seth, with the way you've presented this <laughs> it's been us. offensive a, a little bit offensive how <laughs> humble he's acting yeah um, but I do, I think that, you know, Seth has some wisdom to share on not just how to handle money. He's been a professional helping people with that for quite a while now, but also What's the company, is there a company that he, he has a company that he works with called Outpost Advisors. Oh, just curious. All right. And if you're listening to this, let's say you're sitting in Minneapolis or Wisconsin or Really, anywhere in the Midwest, and you would like to work with somebody who is not only great at helping you manage your investments, plan for the future, do a little life planning, but could also share wisdom like this on how to run a family and train up children. Yeah. This is your guy. Okay. And you could could go to outpostadvisors.net. Okay. And you could find Seth, and you could work with Seth on a one-on-one basis. Wow, that sounds nice. 
So I would I would love it if some of you people gave Seth a buzz. Um, so great job, Seth. Kudos to you with these boys. Um, you know, uh, jury's still out on the younger ones. We'll have to see how that goes. But the but the fourteen year olds, you know, nice job. Um, just to recap, I'm going to recap. You've given these boys an outlet to work before they have to work. You're, you're, you're giving that as a benefit to them that they have probably more experience than their peers do. A lot of their peers with working, you are working with them. You, you use your network to get them work and then you're kind of managing, well, how do we handle money from here guys? And they're obviously picking up things like generosity and spending wisely and Et cetera, et cetera. And saving for their first truck. That's the, the that next is so line. cool. So that's hopefully so cool. it's a Toyota. That's your that's your hope. I mean, they're wise boys. So okay, think, so they'll buy uh, something <laughs> made out of country. Uh, no, Stephen. Oh, it's I'm It's made sorry. in Alabama. Oh, Alabama. You know what's made oh, out okay. of country? The F one fifty. Ah, Mexico. Wow. Anyways. Okay. Um, so you might be hearing this and saying. That's great. That's great, guys. I have, you know, no 14-year-old strapping strong sons Mm -hmm. to work with. I've got, what, a nine-year-old daughter? What do Mm -hmm. you want me to do? And Mm -hmm. I want to share with you some ways where you could just stick your toe into the pond Mm -hmm. of childhood uh, money training and apprenticeship and all these good things, uh, even at that young age uh, and without quite as strong of a back as Seth's sons might might have. Mm-hmm. So I want to tell you a little bit about what I've been up to. Let's this, hear it. This summer with my daughter. But I thought the best way for us to hear it would be to hear it directly from her. Come on. Let's hear directly from her. Okay. Let's go to a little chat between myself and Kyla, my daughter, about a contracting project that I put her on for the past few years. Excellent. Weeks. Let's hear from Kyla. All right. So I'm here now with my daughter, Kyla. Hello, Kyla. Hi. And I want to talk to you because you were you were kind of my, my little contractor this summer, right? Guess so. Why don't you tell me what the project was that you did this summer? So I painted our shed, and we I had to scrape it, sand it, and paint it with a little help from my dad and my sister. And it took me like half of the summer. So Yeah, this wasn't a, a small project, right? No. What... When I first showed you the shed, it was kind of peeling paint, and I knew that this was going to be a challenge. Did you realize that how much work it was going to take when I first suggested it to you? No. Okay. And do you remember how much I, I told you I would pay you? Yeah. At the beginning? What did I say? $300. And what was your first thought when I said, I'll pay you $300 to paint that shed? Of course. Yeah. Did it seem like a pretty good deal? Yeah. Okay. Um, now that you've done it, was it a good deal? Yeah, I think so. 
but maybe a little bit less than you originally thought. Yeah. Because how, how long did you think this would take you at the beginning? I, prob- I thought I'd just, just have to... Um, uh, paint it. I didn't know that I had to scrape it and sand it. What was what was the part of this that took the longest? Uh, the sanding or the scraping. Yeah. So that's interesting that it wasn't even the the thing that you thought you were being hired to do that took you the longest amount of time. Um. Okay. So. You you started into this job. You accepted my offer. I knew that it was going to be probably a summer long project, and it ended up being about that. Uh, what were the the surprises and challenges that, that came along the way? Um, the surprises was how much my little sister was able to do, and okay, talk about that. So I hired my little sister Esther, who is six years old, to help me paint the shed and. It was nice because I had someone to talk to and someone to help me work. And she ended up being able to do a lot more than I thought she would. Yeah, and how did you decide what to offer her? Um, kind of looked at how much of the work she did and kind of thought I asked her what she wanted for it. So did you agree on a price before she started working? Uh, kind of. And what, what was the price? $30. $30. So what did you learn? And, and she did a pretty good job, it sounds like. Yeah. And what did you learn through the process of hiring somebody? Because that made me proud. I'm not going to lie. When I saw that you were kind of using some of your brain to, to not just scrape and paint and sand, but you thought about how could I engage some, some contract labor here? It, I learned how much she can do and learned that sometimes it is helpful to have other people work on something with you and yeah. Yeah. So you, you did kind of learn about scale a little bit that I could do more by not just doing all the work myself, even if I have to give some of the money away. Yeah. And you also... You had other people you considered hiring that didn't go so well, right? Yeah. Well, how, tell me about that. Um, so two of my cousins, Karis and Pace. Um, Karis is the older one, and she kind of she started like real excited, and then just kind of dropped out. And then Pace, she did okay, but she definitely was not the best painter. Okay. And so you had to manage things, because what did I tell you? Was I going to get upset with your sister or your cousins if the work wasn't done well? No. It was on you, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay, Kyla, so just to wrap up, what are you going to do? Did How much did you end up with at the end of the day? Because you paid me for some supplies. You paid your sister. What did you put in your bank account at the end of the um, day? That's probably $250. $250. What is a 10-year-old going to do with $250? What's your plan? Um, some of it I'm going to save for my car. And what's our deal with your car? Our deal is that you buy half of it and I buy the other half. Okay. And so you're already saving towards a big goal in the future. Yeah. Okay. So you're going to save some of it towards that. How much do you think? 
Probably two hundred dollars. Wow. Okay. What else are you gonna do? Um. Uh, I'm gonna put give some of it to God. And. Are there things that you're excited about giving towards right now? Maybe. Give it to a charity that like helps people learn about God across the world. Like in India and China and. Okay, because we've been to India as a family. Yeah. And we've helped some people that are sharing the gospel there. That's something that you would like to keep doing. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um. Anything else that that you have thought about when it comes to money you you said i'm gonna give give i'm gonna save there's probably a little left over what what comes out of that legos legos okay is there a lego set that you've had your eye on uh there's this boat one that i want a boat one got it well kyla i'm proud of you i'm proud of the work you did this summer i'll put a picture up on this episode for folks to see but i want you to know if you're just listening this 10-year-old did a, a professional-level paint job. Two-tone, white trim, navy blue shed, and it's a pretty stinking big shed. So it took most of the summer, and, and you did a great job. So I'm excited about the skills you learned, about some of the mistakes you made and learned from, and also interested to see what you do next. So thanks for coming on the podcast, Kyla. Love Kyla, loved hearing from her, love your idea of putting her to work all summer long or most of the summer to do a huge project that we were stunned to hear that you actually let her undertake. So that was huge. Can I just ask you, away from her, what what were your observations about her through this process? So she's really, really, really sharp. She's smart. And... The the thing that I noticed about her is that she was looking for ways to kind of use her brain to minimize the physical labor that she would have to put into this. So on her own, she went out and subcontracted uh, her sister. Um, she actually kind of did some math in her head when I said, here's how much I will charge you because there were pieces I, ne- I needed to use a some power tools and stuff. Um, and there were pieces to this that I said, I don't think you should do this. I don't really want to give you a circulating saw. And um, so there, that was kind of watching her understand, well, I think I'm willing to pay dad his hourly rate for this piece. And I'm going to bring in my sister for this piece. I also noticed that she was able to assess other workers' competence. So she brought in the cousins, and they got to um, paint with her for about five minutes. And then she said, you're fired. Uh, get out of here. Wow. Because the cousins were not quite ready for that, that work. Their work was not excellent. Um, and so she developed a little tiny taste of management. And we talked afterwards. How did that go when you brought them in well it didn't go well do you think you could have helped them before you fired them maybe okay well next time so i think you know whereas seth's 
Seth's boys are really in the thick of labor and running a business, and I'm sure that they would get up and fired if they did a bad job. Sure. This was much more of a, I'm going to give you something and make sure you don't fail, Yep. but I'm going to keep putting the weight onto your shoulders until I feel that your knees are about to buckle, and then I'm going to put my hand on Yep. So... Uh, a little different experience for sure, but appropriate for a nine-year-old. So whether you are giving your children paying work that blesses your family, don't just do it as a token. Make sure that it's actually something that, that would bless your family. Whether you give your children paying work or whether you find paying work for them, put your kids to work. Let let them taste work. And my little closing thought is uh, I know that we've uh, we've probably heard this verse psalm 127 4 describes children as arrows and so the so the pic, that's a multi-generational picture if you didn't know which is i use my children with wisdom and they shoot farther than i go they go into the future and i shoot them and i shoot them to destroy the enemy you know uh, arrows you don't just shoot arrows for kicks you're trying to kill something and so I am shooting my children into the future farther than I will go so that they do damage to the kingdom of darkness and they bring the, the, the kingdom of the Father with them. So I consider this kind of work that these fathers are talking to us about, I consider this to be um, arrow sharpening work because for the rest of their lives, these kids are going to have um, skills built into them a work ethic, um, a a confidence about handling and making money that's going to serve them and their generations after them. So anyways, I I bless you dads um, for telling us these stories. And I bless you Abrahamic dads who are listening to put your kids to work, um, sharpen them, as, as arrows that you're that you are shooting into your multi-generational uh, destiny and I bless you with wisdom and creativity as you do this in your homes so great stuff for Abraham's wallet this is Stephen Manuel and I'm Mark Parrott and this is Seth Spading and we'll catch you next week.